0: Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47 is where we're going to be. Pull out something to take notes with. If your neighbor doesn't have something to take notes with, look at them and judge them with your judgy eyes. Just look at them hard until they pull something out. We are continuing our series this morning. We started a few weeks ago called Five Rooms. And we are uh, coming off of a long series we did called A Church-Like Home, talking about what does it mean to be a people with whom God can live and a people through whom God demonstrates himself to the world around us so that we can all see him and know him. And coming off of that series of, a church like home, we started this series called Five Rooms, kind of keeping with the home theme, talking about what as you look through the Bible, as you look through church history, as you look through life, what are what are five core elements of individuals and of communities of Jesus followers throughout history and throughout the Bible who didn't just get together on Sundays or do some sort of religious thing, but really brought the kingdom of God. What, what are, are there? Are there any things that you see kind of that are similar between those individuals and communities across scripture and history? And there are definitely some trends, and that's who we want to be, so we're going after it. Amen. A few weeks ago, we talked about personal devotion. Last week, we talked about discipleship. And uh, this week, the, the title for our message, you can put it at the top of your notes, is just simply called House to House. House to House. And as we continue this series, we're going to read a few verses in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, reading through 47. And if you've been at this church for any amount of time, these are really familiar verses for you. We talk about them pretty often, and we've even talked about them in the last couple of weeks, mentioned them. And um, if you're part of a life group, we read these um, at least several times a month at life group. Really awesome verses for us. And we've even talked about them recently. And, And what the context of these verses is that we're actually picking up the story of, of human history really in a really amazing, pivotal, world-changing moment here in Acts chapter two, verse 42. Jesus has, has come, he's lived his life, he's died, and then he resurrected, and then he spent 40 days showing up to over 500 different people, continuing to talk about the kingdom of God and what was possible as a, as a follower of Jesus, what it meant that he died, what it meant that he had risen again, Spends these 40 days building people up, appearing to them, walking through walls, freaking people out, doing amazing things. And then he ascends to heaven. So it just keeps getting weirder. He he ascends to heaven and kind of disappears. But right right before that happens, he tells his his followers, I'm not just giving you this mission to go and make disciples like we talked about last week of of all the nations, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem before you go to get power to do what I'm sending you out to do. They had no idea what that meant, so they sat in a room for 10 days. <laughs> Tried to figure out, well, what do we do now? This, because we, We've got the rest of the Bible they didn't. So they're sitting there for 10 days, and the day of Pentecost comes, just like it had come every year, but this year was different. They're in a room, all of a sudden there's wind and sound and like, things that look like fire on their heads, and it's this wild environment, this wild thing takes place when God fulfills his prophetic promise from centuries before that he would pour out his very spirit on human flesh, all of us. That's what happens on the day of Pentecost. And, and there, there's 120 of them. All of a sudden, they're standing up in the streets. They're preaching sermons and languages that they didn't even know that morning when they woke up. The Spirit of God is empowering them to do amazing things and over the course of an afternoon, they go from 120 to 3,000 people from all different regions around Jerusalem and Israel. It's absolutely insane and thus the church is born. It's a world-changing day. I mean, think about all that's happened in world history as a result of the church starting. It's incredible. There was no playbook for what to do next. (laughs) They didn't know what to do and so... Everything I just said is is the Gospels and leading up through Acts chapter 2. And in verse 42, we pick up the story of, okay, well, what did they do next? If you don't have a playbook and God does all this stuff, what what happens? What does church look like? And this is what we read in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Would you read it with me this morning? That doesn't mean you have to read it out loud. Last time I said that, you all started reading out loud like like awesome church folks, and it was cool. But it was like only some of you, so you're like, oh, am I supposed to be doing this? I don't know. (laughs) And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. They had all things in common. They were selling possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. There's a lot going on in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It's just a list of like, well, stuff started happening, and this is what it looked like. There's a lot of life happening, and one of the physical environments that are mentioned in Acts 2, 42 through 47, where a lot of these things happen, was was people's homes, it kind of became the center of a lot of this activity and and though it is explicitly mentioned that they would do these things in homes if if you look at the list of what starts happening, you can kind of infer that like a lot of this stuff is just stuff that happens around the house because there's there's all these things like like fellowship they were hanging out they were friends you know where, where do you do that a lot you do it around your house they, they would break bread, they would eat meals together they would pray and worship together they would share possessions with one another where most of my things are at my house, right? They took care of each other's needs. They took care of one another when when they had things come up in life. There's even this phrase that just says that day by day, day by day, they were doing these things. There's just kind of this sense of of Acts 2, 42 through 47. There's this sense of church. That church, it just was this every day, day by day, became just a lifestyle, everybody's in it and we're doing it all together sort of thing. And we call it, we call this house-to-house outworking of the people of God. For us at our church, we call it life group, but we're just kind of talking about this exact same thing. And, and this is why we read Acts 2.42-47 through 47 so often around our church and for our life groups. We want this to be the blueprint of who we are and what, what life group looks like and who we are as a people. We, we want this as a blueprint because we want what happened when people started doing this. We want the rest of the book of Acts. Amen. You see what's happening in the book of Acts, and it just kind of started happening around this house. And, and, and that doesn't just mean that like God only moves in your house. I think that your house is important, but, but it's, I think there's also just this sense that the church following Jesus, seeing moves of God, seeing, walking into what God had called you to, it just became part of life. It wasn't just a once-a-week thing. It was life. Life just started to happen, and Jesus was in the middle of all of it. They started doing it, In their houses. And and as you look through the scriptures, as you look through history, you you can't separate people who see God move in a powerful way from the fact that they lived the lifestyle of following Jesus. And so much of it happened in their house. So that's why we're talking about this this morning, is that at the end of the day, life group, meeting house to house, seeing God move, seeing the book of Acts come alive, it's just people trying to live their lives following Jesus together. And a lot of life happens around the house. And so as we get started this morning, if you haven't picked it up, I want to talk about Life Group this morning. And I just want to say at the beginning, I love Life Group. That's a discouraging response, but I can love it anyways. I love Life Group. I love it so much. And what, what we call Life Group is, is not like some secret sauce that like we came up with or anything. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Everybody knows that. But what Life Group is is just the word that we have for, for, for people getting together and how, how they have always gotten together throughout history and, and get around get, get together all around the world to build relationship with each other, build relationship with Jesus, and impact their immediate surroundings. That, that's kind of what life group implies. That's what we're talking about. And even until today, in, in kind of our modern time and, and the way that we have church happening even here in this room, even today, all around the world, the body of Christ is, is largely lived out in a house-to-house type of context. The kingdom of God is lived out in a lifestyle, and the people of God getting together around the world, even today, happens so much in in kind of this house-to-house type of context. And we as a church, uh, our our church, Antioch, is part of a a family of churches all around the world. And even when you just look at what God's doing kind of in our family all around the world, it's just mind-blowing to see how God seems to continually center kind of everything around this house thing this where you live this lifestyle he's just a part of every day and he wants us to do this together so I'm going to tell you some cool stories does that sound good to anybody you like stories (laughs) a few years back um, this is just this is just stuff that's happening kind of in our people that we're connected with even people that we support as a church every month a few years back um, we had some friends who were in a country in the Middle East and they had been there for like 14 years trying to share the gospel and start house churches, they just, they were trying to start life groups. After like 14 years, I think they had seen like five people or something give their lives to Jesus. They tried to disciple some people, just weren't really getting much traction at all. One day they get connected with this local guy. He's a Muslim background guy. They get connected with him through a few interesting events. And they come to find out that he's saying, yeah, I I grew up Muslim, but I gave my life to Jesus, had this crazy story. And and he mentions that he kind of has these house groups meeting, but he doesn't really know what to do with them. They're just kind of like a a handful of people that he knows that want to follow Jesus too. And so they kind of get together houses and, and try to figure this out. So they're like, well, that's great. Where have you been for 14 years, you know? So they say, well, let, let, us, let us help. Let, let, let us come alongside you. Not tell you how to do things, but let's search the scriptures together and figure out what, what do we do? What, what does it look like for you to do this in your own city, in your own nation? They end up meeting with uh, some of his kind of like leaders in, in some of these churches. And they walk into a meeting one day and there, there's, a, there's a Muslim woman and her four daughters, which is like not a good situation for foreigner guys to be in, especially when it turns out that like this woman's husband is one of the head Sharia judges of the region. But they decided they wanted to follow Jesus. And they're like undercover leading these house groups, leading life groups. So they start discipling them. They start reading the Bible together, talking about what does it look like to follow Jesus? What do we do to respond to Jesus? And that, those, those few believers, they turn into a few dozen believers, which turned into some groups and then dozens of groups and then hundreds of groups. And over the course of like two years, it turned into tens of thousands of Muslim background people, meeting Jesus, being baptized, and going to other nations in the whole region, sharing the gospel with people, and starting life groups. Just life group. Just getting in a house, saying, let's be friends, let's follow Jesus, and see what does it look like? What does it look like to do this? How do we do it? What do we do next? This, to this day, we have friends that we support every month as a church, that are in that same region, and they're, they're still there doing the same thing. We, we, we support several of them. It's just amazing to hear what God's doing. It's not really the stuff you hear on the news, but there's always some stuff going on underneath the surface. God's always on the move, and it's through life groups. People, friends of ours, they're just in different cities, going to different regions, talking with people from all kinds of different backgrounds, from the rich to the poor, all over the region, sharing the gospel of Jesus, and, and sitting down together Getting together in homes and learning to follow Jesus together. We have one friend that we support. He actually, a lot of his time is spent traveling to different nations around the Middle East, meeting with small groups of local house church leaders, of life group leaders, training them. How do you just help people read the Bible, hear from God, and do what it says? How cool is that? It's just life group. And in the middle of it, God's doing incredible things. He's doing incredible things in these nations that, that we hear on the news that it's only bad news, it's all bad things, but God is on the move. A life-changing summer for me was uh, the, year, the summer of 2010. Uh, I spent the first couple of weeks in northern Uganda with an Antioch team there who had just been there for a couple of months, and, and we did what we do here. We, we just tried to start life groups. We'd walk around in different villages and and cities and we'd talk about Jesus and share Jesus with people. And as people were hungry, we'd sit down and we'd say, okay, let's get friends together or family. Does anybody else want to hear this? And people would start sharing the gospel with their friends and start these groups. And it would just happen. And whether it was a city or a village, it was all the same because Jesus is the same. And so we spent like six weeks, I spent six weeks with them, they were there for about eight years, they uh, saw some amazing things happen, but we just got to go out to, whether it was cities or villages, it was all the same, we'd worship Jesus, whether there was music or not, sometimes we'd just read a psalm, sometimes we'd just say, what are you thankful for? But we'd, we'd worship just like we do here on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday night, whatever, we'd worship Jesus. And then you open up the Bible to something and say, okay, let's read it, what do you think God's saying and what do you think we do to respond? we'd see people baptized, we'd see people take next steps in Jesus, just an amazing thing, it was just life group, it wasn't some crazy thing. After being in northern Uganda for a little while, uh, those handful of weeks, that was also the year where uh, there was a really bad earthquake in Haiti, if y'all remember that, and uh, Antioch as a movement, we had kind of started this long-term initiative in a specific region in Haiti to, to sort of like help rebuild a region kind of from the ground up, so uh, we, I went from Uganda to jump into what was happening in, in Haiti for a little while. And they had set up this base, the, 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 our network of churches had set up this base where there was like short-term teams that were coming in every week or every two weeks from all around the United States, from our Antioch churches. And they'd come in for a week or two. They'd go out to tent cities. They'd go out to villages, places uh, that had been hurt. And they would just kind of take a survey of what's going on. What do you guys need? And, and we would share the gospel. And people were hungry for Jesus. We'd see amazing miracles, see salvation, see God do incredible, incredible things. So when I got there, it was like halfway through the summer, and they just, I was like 20 at the time, and they would give me, every day they would give me like some taxi fare and a backpack of Bibles and a stack of papers where people had been over the previous few months. They're like, you need to go follow up with these people and see what God does. And I was like, okay, great, whatever. So we just go to these tent cities and, try to find people whose names were on the paper, who had given their lives to Jesus weeks before, something we'd follow up, and and we just would start doing this exact same thing. We'd get in people's tents. We'd get in people's houses, and we'd talk about, okay, what are we thankful that God's doing in the midst of all of this? Okay, we've got some Haitian Bibles, some Creole Bibles. Let's read it, and let's figure out what is God saying in the middle of all of this? What's he doing, and what is he calling you to? How can you be a part of what he wants to do in your life and in the people around you? And all of a sudden, people start gathering in houses. It's just life. They're cooking meals together because that's all they have, right? But they're doing life together, and God is on the move, doing incredible things. And some of these cities, these, like, tent cities, those were areas where, uh, as a network of churches, we were able to, like, basically rebuild neighborhoods. And as people were starting to follow Jesus, even some of them, they would see gaps of what was happening. Like, there's no education happening for our kids, so they would just start schools, because God opened their eyes to what was happening around them and said, you can do it. You've got got Bibles, teach them to read. You know, like finally we have some books. It's just incredible what God can do with a little. Amen? It was all just life group. It was all just life group. A year before that summer of 2010 is when my life got changed by getting involved in a life group. A year before all that had happened is when I really decided that I... Really wanted to actually start following Jesus. I had I'd kind of been doing that, not really for a while, but I decided, okay, now's the time. I mean, I want to start following Jesus. So I had some a couple of friends uh, who were involved in a life group. Chad Frege, you ever heard of him? He he had been connected with a life group that he pointed me to, and I just kind of jumped in with this group of people. They would meet on whatever it was, you know, Tuesday nights at seven. It's like I don't know what we're doing, but. I want God, you know? And so, step into this room, don't really know every, definitely don't know everybody, don't really know anybody. We're not all the same. We don't all have the same interests. We don't have some great background together and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, at least most of us really wanted to figure out what does it really look like to follow Jesus for real? Can we do this? Can we see God move? Can we see God come alive? So, that's what we did. We'd get in a house and And we'd worship. We'd turn music on a speaker. Most of the time there wasn't live music. We'd turn music on a speaker. That was new for me, but it's like, I guess it's Jesus, right? Why not not just bring the full band in on the speaker? It's perfect. We'd worship for a little bit. We'd pray sometimes. We'd open the Bible and just talk. Talk about, okay, what do you think God's saying? What's he doing? How do we respond to this? What does this mean for our lives? And We'd become friends. We'd spend time together. We'd hang out together, whether it was after life group or whether it was lunch a few days later. We just kind of started building relationship. And it was the weirdest thing because out of all the life groups that I was in, especially in college, I kind of laugh about it because I look back at who my friends were, and I'm like, there is no reason for me, for us all to be friends together. Like, we are not like each other at all. We don't have really any of the same common interests. But somehow this is, like, better than anything I've ever had. It's funny how God works. That's right. Started getting involved in, in a life group, and, and it, just, it just changed me. And, and as I got involved in life group, eventually I got asked to help lead a life group, and eventually that kind of turned into overseeing a handful of life groups, and then that kind of turned into just like helping lead trips around the world and around the country to share Jesus with people and start more life groups. And that kind of led to one thing that led to another to going to Antioch College Station to help with the college ministry to help figure out how do we help college kids follow Jesus and how do we do life groups together and and see God happen in the midst of friendship. And then kind of one thing led to another. We ended up moving back to Indianapolis and starting this church called Antioch Indy in our house with a handful of people who just got together and said, what if we really follow Jesus? What does it look like to do that? Let's do it together and let's figure it out. And here we are. It's just, it's just life group. This is why I love life group. I love it. When I was in college, I was, I was part of a fraternity in college, and I've just seen God do so many amazing things. So I was part of a fraternity in college, and I had this friend. His name was, his name was Luke, a fraternity brother, as they say. Of mine. And um, he was kind of like me in the walk with God, except I had sort of decided I wanted in a little bit before him. But he had gotten to that point where he was like, okay, no, but for real, this time, I really do want to start following Jesus. We were talking one night at a party, and I invited him to church, and he was like, no, dude, Antioch's weird. I'm not going there. And I was like, okay, uh, well, you kind of need to jump in with some people. (laughs) And I knew that he played guitar a little bit, and he sang a little bit less. But I was like, hey, why don't you come lead worship in my life group? Jump into my life group. We, we, we only have like a speaker, uh, you know, iPod on the speaker. iPods, anybody. <laughs> why don't you jump into my life group and come lead worship? He's like, man, I don't know any of those people. We're not like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not like any of them either. We just are trying to follow Jesus together. Why don't you come and jump in? And he's like, okay, fine. And so he would like show up a few minutes late. He would lead worship and then he would leave and most of the time, and I was like, great, whatever, and uh, my friends will at me, they're like, what's his deal? Why would not you stick around? We're like, just just let it ride. We'll see what happens, you know? Eventually, he kind of started to stay a little bit longer in life group, and a lot happened in, in his life, and one thing just started leading to another. He ended up jumping into a life group full on. He ended up helping lead a life group. I ended up getting to baptize him. There was this weird situation happened where the girl that he used to date, she started following Jesus too, and we had this weird interaction, and it ended up kind of getting them back together, and now they're married with kids and loving <laughs> Jesus, and it's like, yeah, go life group. Praise God, you know. Just all this kind of stuff started started to happen, and then and then he, uh, he was working in real estate, and eventually somebody, a pastor in Enrico Waco called him one day and said, hey, my role is transitioning. I want to invite you to come be the young adult pastor in our church, the church that you said you would never go to. Why don't you come jump in? And, and so he jumped into kind of this young adult ministry that, that had started a few years earlier but didn't really have a whole lot going on. And, and just him and his wife together, as they just started living out what God had done in them. They, they started discipling people. They started meeting in homes with people. And it turned into like a couple hundred young adults in Waco, Texas, which there's not a lot of people who stick around Waco, Texas after they graduate from Baylor. People started sticking around. They started investing in the city, getting jobs, starting businesses, and loving Jesus. And the city's a new place because of people saying yes to Jesus. After a couple of years of that, the college pastor, Antioch Waco, his role was transitioning. They tapped Luke on the shoulder and said, hey, you've been doing an amazing job. Why don't you come take over the college ministry? And so just recently, he took over the college ministry, which is like five, 600 crazy college kids from Baylor University. And and him and his wife, they're just working together, working with college kids to figure out what does it look like for us to follow Jesus? How do we spend time with Jesus, live a life of personal devotion? How do we make disciples of one another? And and let's do it in this context of life group. Let's do life group together because that's where you're gonna see life changed. Out of these life groups, this summer, they sent a couple hundred college students to engage the islands, like we've talked about before, what's going on in Southeast Asia all summer. And out of this college ministry, there's people that are meeting Jesus, and they're going to grow up and graduate from college, and they're going to do whatever's next. Some of them are going to be pastors, some of them are going to be missionaries, a lot of them are going to be parents, husbands, wives, business leaders, teachers, and they're going to love Jesus, and they're going to bring the kingdom of God because they know to spend time with him. They know how to make disciples of other people, and they know how to make friends at their house with people who want to say yes to Jesus too, all just through life group. I've seen life group give thousands of dollars to people to meet their needs, whether it's going on mission trips or paying off debt. I've seen life groups buy people cars, like college life groups pitch in to buy people cars. I've seen life groups help people move, babysit kids, Help taking care of each other when you're sick. Bring meals when you have babies. Somebody said amen around yeah. here. They pray for the nations together. I've seen life groups help save each other's marriages. It's amazing. There's been a lot of highs in the last years of, of figuring out, trying to live out Acts two forty-two through 47. What does it look like to become friends and really follow Jesus, even to the point where we're in each other's homes? Like, this is life, man. Like, how do we do this? There's been a lot of highs. There's been Luke. And there's been so many others and what's come from that. There's been people coming to Life Group and, and giving their lives to Jesus and being baptized. There's been training people to lead Life Groups, spend time with Jesus. There's been a lot of lows too. There's been a lot of lows. You want to laugh? One time, this new girl came to Life Group in college and I thought she was a guy. And so we broke up to girls and guys at the end and I invited her out to the porch with all the guys. And she never came back. There's a low point. There's been some lows. There's been there's been times when there's been times when stuff like that happens. There's been times when nobody showed up. And it's better when nobody shows up than when you do something stupid like that. There's been a lot of lows. I've screwed a lot up. Just in life in general, you know, like let alone life group. I've totally botched things. There's been people that that have come and, and, and fallen in love with Jesus and fallen him forever. And then there's been people that have invested in for months and years and all of a sudden one day they just say, ah, I'm out, I'm done. It's like, whoa, we were doing this, you know? Like, what happened? Like, I'd rather go do this. I'd rather go back to the drugs. I'd rather go chase after this or that. And it's like, man, it, that hurts. But when I look back in the years of trying to follow Jesus, trying to follow Jesus with people, when I look at the highs, when I look at the lows, the people who have kept following Jesus, the people who have fallen off, when, when I look back at all that I've gained, when, when I look back at some that seems like I've lost, so many friendships of people getting mad because I prioritized this over them, you know, all, all these sorts of things, so much I've gained, so much i seem was lost. All I can tell you is that 100% for sure, I will never be the same. I can't promise or tell or explain everything that has or hasn't happened other than this one thing that Andrew Zanaka will never be the same. Last night, my wife and I, we have this group text with some friends who are all around the country right now, but it's all people that we started following Jesus with as single college students, and now we're a few years down the road, and We have this group text and it's called Marvelous Comrades and it's about 18, 20 people who have stuck with it and they're going harder after Jesus than ever before. In the midst of some who have come and gone, they've stayed with it. We've all stayed with it together and we just have this group text together and as I was finishing up this message last night, writing out some of these testimonies and some of what we've seen God do, I started thinking about them and thinking about how many times they were in the room when we were going after that, how many times they were the one that had a need met, they were the one that met one of my needs, they were the ones that were there. And they're still there. And I just texted them and I was like, guys, I'm talking with my church tomorrow about Life Group, just thinking about you guys. And all I can say is, I'm in again. It's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but at the end of the day, I'm in again. Sign me up again. Sign me up again. Because I'm telling you that the book of Acts is not a fairy tale, it's not just stories of the good old days back then. The book of Acts is for real. It really happened. And it's just the tip of the iceberg of what's possible when some people encounter Jesus, believe their life matters, and commit to one another to live for the kingdom of God. It's just the beginning. The best is yet to come. I need a bigger amen than that because I'm fired up about it. See, personal devotion has taught me to love Jesus. Discipleship has taught me to love people. But life group is where I've seen the kingdom of God come to life. And I know I've said this throughout the series, but I know that not everybody's been here. And even if you have been here, you probably forgot stuff because life happens. But, but, but as we talk about this series, this five rooms thing, like I've said from the beginning that if in talking about this, you hear five things that you need to manage, to squeeze into your life, to please God, so you can be a good church person. Like you're totally missing the point. And I was trying to think about how to say this well, and, and this is the best I could come up with, so stick with me for a second. Everybody, anybody ever heard of Isaac Newton? Okay, Sir Isaac Newton kind of changed physics and all this stuff. And he had these, third, these three laws to help explain how our universe interacts with itself. And his third law is this, that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And when we think about walking with God, I believe that there is an action-reaction relationship with God. But when we start talking about the practical things of church and what does it look like to live this stuff out, we we can kind of go into our default, which is like church, these five rooms, spending time with God, prayer, church, 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 It's like this is all the action that we do to try to get the reaction out of God to love us and bless us and make us happy. And we can be good church folks. If we can pull that off, then maybe God will react. If we pray the right prayers, God will react and I believe that in walking with God that there's absolutely an action and reaction relationship but we can't get it twisted we are not the actor we are not the actor Jesus's love for you is not a reaction to your religion his grace towards you is not a reaction to your church attendance His mercy on your life, dare I say, is not even an equal and opposite reaction to your sin. To say so is giving the power of sin way too much credit. Creation is the reaction to the voice of God. Salvation is a reaction to the cross. Living free is a reaction to the empty grave. You were called before you could have the power of sin to separate your life. Jesus loved you before you could even make any of those decisions. When we start talking about church in five rooms, it's so easy to slip into this mindset, but church is not the action of people to gain the love of Jesus. It is the reaction of people receiving the love of Jesus. God's love for you is not a reaction. His mercy towards you is not a reaction. He loved you before you could do anything for Him. His grace was towards you before you could mess anything up. It was all a reaction. We said this at the beginning in the first week. Personal devotion is a reaction to Jesus' personal devotion to us. Discipleship is a reaction to his transformation of us. And devoting to one another is our reaction to his desire to live through us. I want you to write this down. Church is not our action to get a reaction out of God. Church is our reaction to God showing us who he is. That's what church is all about. Just responding to the action of God revealing himself to his people. So I want to invite you to life group. Whether you're in a life group or not, as we try to wrap up this morning, I want to boil down what it means to be involved in a life group to three really simple things. And if you've been with us the past few weeks, this is going to start sounding really familiar. And that's on purpose. And I know this hasn't been like a message geared towards dads on Father's Day, but dads, if you haven't written anything down, write this stuff down. Even if you don't care about life group, this will be a great thing for how to be an awesome dad. What it means for how, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we live this out together? Number one, I want to encourage you to show up. Is this sounding familiar to anybody? I want to encourage you to show up. I have learned that the hardest part about life group and the hardest part about walking with God is showing up said this a few weeks ago since I started leading life groups eight years ago every week life group day is the worst day of my week that's why I stopped printing off song sheets and now we text them because guess what days of the week printers don't work life group days whatever day life group is printers all go on strike they're all demonic I swear Work, kids, schedules, you're tired, you got friends, other stuff going on, I get it. But showing up to work every day isn't always the most convenient thing, but you do it because you know it matters. I want to invite you to show up. Just show up. Just show up. it's, It's not easy, but it's simple. Just show up. Show up. Come ready. Come ready. Show up on purpose. Ready to give. Ready to give something to somebody an encouragement, a hello, a smile. Don't just come ready to see what happens and see if life group takes care of you that night. Come ready, come on purpose. Come ready for God to move. Come ready to build relationship with somebody. Come ready to see God do something. Just show up, whether it's convenient or not, whether you're friends with everybody or not, just show up, just show up. Because if you show up, you step into a promise of the living God that it doesn't matter where your week's coming from, what the relationship status is in all your life group. If you're best friends or no friends or if the kids are crazy, when two or more get together, God's there. You step into the reality of Jesus. Show up. Show up. Don't wait for it to be awesome. Make it awesome. Don't wait for everybody to become friends with you. Become friends with people. Just show up and show up on purpose. The next thing that you can do is talk. This is this sounding familiar to anybody? When you show up to life group, I just want to encourage you to show up to contribute. Don't just show up to consume. Don't just show up to see what happens and see the small group can scratch the small group that you have. You're called by the living God. He wants things to come out of you more than you could ever dream, more than you could ever ask, more than you could ever imagine. The people in the room need you. You need the people in the room, so just show up and... Talk, make friends. I was going to go ahead and say it. My least favorite part about leading a life group is how everybody stares at me when we have discussion time. I'm like, this is not a teaching time. We're not here to teach. Like, we're here to discuss, but for some reason, I'm the only one discussing. And it's like, when somebody talks, they only look at me. They don't, and it's like, everybody's having one conversation with me, but there's 12 of us in a room. And I'm like, this, like can we do this together? He's like, come on, like, look at each other, you know? Just talk, just talk. Just talk. It's amazing what you will see come out of life group when you show up and when you talk. Don't wait for the life group leader to do everything. Just talk. Talk to other people. Make some friends with folks. Talk about what what you're seeing in the scripture. Talk. If you feel like God gives you an encouragement for somebody during worship, go say it. Just go do it. Just come. Just come ready to talk. And the last thing you can do is listen. Just live your life listening. Show up to life group. Talk and show up to life group and listen. Listen to each other. Like, I think we call it conversation, you know? Just go for it. Just initiate conversation. Talk and listen. Listen to what people say, but also listen. Listen for needs. Listen for faith. Listen for what people are believing God to do. Listen for ways that you can step into somebody else's life and help fill the gap. Even if you can't do everything, a lot of times you can do something. One thing. Just listen, listen, live your life listening, ears open because God is speaking, God is revealing to you invitations into what he's doing in people's lives. So just open up your ears to listen. If we can be a people who show up to meet together, we talk to one another and we listen to each other and to what God's saying, there's no limit to what God can do through your life because it's all a reaction. We don't do it to get something out of God, we do it because we're reacting to the fact that God has poured out his spirit on all flesh. God has called us his bride, has called us his body. He wants to live with us and demonstrate himself through us to ourselves and to the world around us for his glory and for people to experience life and the power of God. So let's show up. Let's show up. It's literally nothing crazy, but it gets crazy. If we'll do it and we'll stick with it, we're gonna have some stories. We've got some now, but I want more. I want more. In Jesus' name. I'm going to stand up as we close this morning. We're going to worship one more song together. Can I see some people smile in the room? I want us to commit. As we we want to be a people who don't just hear the word of God but respond to the word of God. And For our response this morning, I want us just to commit to being a reactionary people. A reactionary people, but not to politics, not to whoever's in power doing this and that, not to circumstances, but a people who react to the presence of God, people who react to the word of God. I just want us to be a people who learn to respond to Jesus. And I believe that God is, we could say, acting. God is acting on us even now in this moment. I believe God's been acting in in some of you. He's been acting in me. He's been acting in us this morning. And when God acts, there's always a way for us to react not to make something happen, but just to respond to who he is. And so we're going to worship, and, and I just want you to invite the Holy Spirit to show you how to react to him this morning. And we're going to have some people off to the side who would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything at all in your life, don't leave. This is church. well, One place you know for a fact you can get some good prayers, right? Don't leave without getting prayer if you need it, But but if you need to be by yourself, that's great, but let's just be a people who say, okay, Holy Spirit, Would you move on me? See, this is the life of walking with God. The life of reaction is just simply saying, God, act, act on me, speak to me, lead me, show me, take me. I wanna follow, I wanna react to you. So I wanna pray for us that we would be that kind of a people. And whatever your next step is this morning, just take it, only you know what that is. If you're here this morning and, and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never reacted to the love of God and given yourself to him, Don't leave without doing it this morning. And if you want to do that, please don't leave during this song or something. Either talk to the person who brought you, go talk to somebody who's off to the side. We just want to celebrate with you and celebrate this life of responding to the love of Jesus. If you want God to move on your life, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you like he's about to give you something. He's about to give you action in your life. And God, we love you and we invite you, Holy Spirit. Would you come and move right now? Would you move on us, God? Would you give us faith to believe? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have poured yourself out on us, and we invite your voice into our life, your leadership into our life. And we just receive, Lord, this calling to be the church, the people of God. Would you teach us to react to you, to get set free from trying to make things happen all the time and just respond to who you are. We love you in Jesus' name.